Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody, or good evening, depending on where you're at. My name is Terry Gillen, and this is The Unbeaten Path. And uh, some of you may know me as Truth Light, so it depends on where we've met. And uh, today I'm joined by a couple of really wonderful people. Uh, I don't know if everybody's here or not, but I think so. We have Spring Rain, who is a... Uh, author and an amazing psychic, medium, healer, etc. And then we also have Jennifer uh, Wozni that is uh, from Canada, and she also is a wonderful healer, mystic, etc. So I'm going to pull both of them over so that we can all be talking at the same time. Let's see. You guys there? Hello? Hi, I'm here. Yay, everybody's here. All right. And I do have everybody's websites at the bottom of the uh, the description of the show so that you can find all of us should you desire. But we've got uh, – you can find me at mysticaltruth.com, and you can find Spring at springrain, R-A-Y-N-E.com. And you can find Jen at putthelighthere.com. So just to kind of get that out of the way, can we – today is – show is spiritual casualties and the three of us have kind of talked about this recently i'd say it's just come up what in the last four to six months yes i think so yeah so one of the things that there are a couple different reasons for doing this show now but one of the things that kind of prompted it is watching what happens to people that we love uh when they are on their own path or avoiding their own path, that kind of thing, and what can happen to the relationships. Um, And so I wondered if, Spring, would you be okay with kind of talking a little bit about what you see with that, whether you talk about your own experience or other people's? You have a lot of experience with this particular situation. So where would you say that you see casualties and how did they occur? And what does that look like? Well, it's kind of, when people are given tools on how to protect themselves and know where to step, where not to step, and they just completely put them all out the window and they ignore them. It can definitely destroy marriages and relationships between friends, family members, everything. I have seen it firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) And so there also was a member of your... uh, your husband's family, we won't go into details necessarily, but there was a member who started upon a path and then it seems as though they they backed out. Yes. And so I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but it, it seems that that occurs a lot. And obviously we won't mention names or any of that, but um, what what do you have to say about that? Well, sometimes it's just basically fear. You know, they're afraid of stepping forward or, you know, they want to, but they are basically afraid of how they'll be looked upon by others. Um, kind of that's how, what happened to me. And then when they realized that I was looked upon by others, that's kind of odd. They didn't want that because it's not the norm, even though I was one of the people that would, you know, speak truth and kind of shed light on situations. 
That's sometimes where it can backfire. <laughs> Not intentionally, but just, you know, some people aren't ready to make a shift or a change. So it is where it is. And so how do you see that affect others around them? So, okay, so say somebody just decides, well, I don't like the way people look at you when you're being yourself, so since I'm similar, I'm not going to do that. And that seems all well and good, but but is it? How does that affect others? Well, it kind of just, for one, it was like, you know, this person was all about it, and then all of a sudden when, you know, people would, you know, start making fun or this or that, and they were afraid that they were going to get made fun of too. So they decided to join the other side and make fun of me as well. <laughs> um, and it just kind of sends a ripple effect out because it's more negativity sometimes, as much as we would like the positive to win. Sometimes you're a little overruled. You just got to step out and of the situation. Doesn't it um, encourage others? To be afraid to walk their own path. Yep. Sure does. So if you have some youth or some some other people that maybe are, are kind of, well, I don't know if I want to walk my path, but then when they see somebody else do that, they go, ah, see, I really shouldn't do that. And then you've got a ripple effect of casualties, right? Yes. They don't ever stop to look at the good that's happening in your life. They only want to point out the bad. <laughs> Right. You know. But there's tons of more good that, that they're not wanting to even see it. Can't explain but Yeah, they definitely So Jen, what do you think about this? Effect. About people not wanting to step on their path because they see what happens to others? Yeah. Or just even the just the whole topic in general. Um, I think there are a lot of, there's a whole buffet of forces at work, whether actively or, or not actively, that can tempt us from not being on our path or not staying on our path. Um, and I even had someone say to me recently, you know, they watched what I went through on my path, which is a very unique one, but still, you know, people consider it as a spiritual path. And they said, um, Jen, not everyone wants to go through what you went through, to be honest. Um, and so they see that um, as something, uh, something indicative of what would happen to them if they, you know, if they're on their path, that they would have to, sell everything that they had and pack up a car and, and d- just drive uh, and take a lot of leaps of faith. And that's not it mm-hmm. at all. You know, um, I think that's very, that, that is for some of us, that's what it is, but to look at all spiritual paths or all, you know, following your true path as, as having to include loss, as you say in your description for this call is potentially misleading because it doesn't need to be that way. Um, Right, and not all of us have the same, none of us have the exact same path. So judging what happens to you on your path as if that's what would happen to them is ludicrous. 
And, you know, it all comes back down to me. fear, I think. Yeah. Yeah, fear. So when we – I'm sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, I was just – I was going to take it on a different track. So continue. Mm-hmm. I agree go with ahead. fear. Oh, no, I was just thinking, like, from my perspective, if I knew someone who had gone through the path um, uh, successfully, however the hardships were, but if I knew someone who was on it and who had faced it, that would make me more inclined to step onto mine because I had someone who could guide me when needed. But that's just my, that's how I look at it, you know. Right. That would be more incentive. And me me as well. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Now we kind of just jumped because we started late. We kind of just jumped into the show. Um, hopefully, we have people intrigued. Um, I just want to real quickly have you guys introduce yourselves. So, um, Spring, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why the heck you get to be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been a spiritual medium for about twenty. Well, pretty much my whole life, um, I should say, started training about 20-something years ago. And I have, I used to run a metaphysical store, um, which had a lot of people to assist in this kind of situation that we're talking about now. <laughs> and I kind of then shifted that um, that role of you know, mediumship, re, you know, reader, healer, to nutrition, um, to kind of get more of the mainstream people. Mm-hmm. And because of how you can create better spirituality, doesn't matter what religion, I'm talking about spiritual with yourself, is by eating healthier. And once you start doing that, your brain starts thinking clearly, you know, a lot of things in your life start clearing up and you get a lot of more aha moments and I can really dig in with the people a little bit deeper that way. And so so I'm kind of you're an author and nutrition and an author, yes. Nutrition and nutrition intuitive is kind of what the last been kind of calling myself, I guess. Um, right. I do use a lot of you know some scientific testing as well, but I do go basically you know on nutrition intuitive and wrote a couple of books. Um, how gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, remain raw foods, and how to shift the family from the kids' level and moving on up. So it's kind of affecting the entire family. So we're going to come back to what happened when you really stepped on that path for your family, and I want you to just kind of see what you're okay with sharing and such. So while we have Jen introduce herself, um, if you could just kind of be thinking about that, I really because your story is a perfect example of what we're talking about, and uh, you know, so just kind of think about what happened with that as you stepped really stepped onto your path, um, and we'll come back to that. Jen, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here? And yeah, so I've. I was probably, I was asleep for most of my life in terms of not being awake to who I was or really fully present um, in my life and in the body. Um, and then I got into a career with the federal government working in the national security community um, and really enjoyed 
the work that I was doing, but yet felt uh, and had a, 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 you know, picture perfect mainstream life, you know, partner, uh, house, big friends, extracurricular activities, everything like that, but felt something bigger inside of me, um, felt that I was here to do more than I was being allowed to express at the time. And so um, I got into metaphysical studies um, and yoga training and that kind of took me on this upward spiral really intensely that had me um, basically take some time off of uh, work and sell most of my possessions, um, buy a car, pack it up with stuff, and then just drive um, and went on this journey that we, you know, I refer to as the road trip that almost never ended. Um, but in doing so, I grew at a rapid pace and um, uh and now offer um, energy healing and life coaching, but really helping to helping people to find their soul because that kind of excites me when people get in touch with who they really are and what they're really here to do. And when they know that and are able to bring it forth. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think the life that I left behind was, was kind of a casualty. <laughs> um, but I'm right. here. Yeah. So, Thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Spring, can you, because this this was part of what inspired this topic, was your particular situation, because we actually see that over and over and over and over and over again. You yeah. found your path <laughs> and really stepped onto it. And so can you kind of tell us a little bit about that journey, like when you when you found it, you started walking it. Kind of what started happening in your life with your partner and that kind of thing? Um, as much as your comfy sharing, just your, your family, just your yeah. life. Well, back in 2012, I, you know, it, before that, I really started walking my path. But, you know, when I owned the store, I had, it was called Elemental Crossing. That's actually where I met Terry mm-hmm. many moons ago, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it brought a lot of, you know, knowledge to me. You know, a lot of knowledge to the community, a lot of healing, a lot of you know help. But it also brought a lot of headaches, and it was just not dealing with me anymore. That particular path is just like I felt like I kept giving, giving, giving and not really getting much back in return, not monetary, not energy, not love, you know, just so when that, that kind of happened, step on your path, but it wasn't it was a step was but not on, your whole path. Right. It was my step but it wasn't the whole path. It was the beginning one. So when I decided mm-hmm. to shift directions a little bit I, I you know, stopped the store or I sold the store and started uh digging into my books and starting to write the gluten-free living because my whole life was based upon, you know, a food allergy, which kind of did start to destroy my life a little bit. (laughs) Um, Not just one food allergy, celiac disease, which is gluten allergy, on top of many other ones that it, once you have one like that, it kind of snowballs into many others. Mm -hmm. So I had a, was trying to really, dig in and research and figure out what was going on with my body and um, found out I actually had breast cancer because I was just not feeling right. So it's a good thing I did give up the store 
and start working on the books because I had breast cancer and lymphoma and it was really bad and the doctor didn't really even decide to tell me that it was stage four until after probably a year after I was healed because <laughs> he didn't uh-huh. want to tell me it was that bad. He knows me very well and he knew that I could actually do this and conquer it 100% holistically. So right. I did that. I packed up and got a little camper and left from Florida up to Tennessee and stayed there a couple months by myself and a little, they said, just on the side of a mountain with healing waters from the mountains and, you know, just meditation every day and yoga and really just focused on healing my body, um, doing a bunch of different herbs that were targeted for lymphoma and um, breast cancer to diminish them without surgeries or chemo. They even did it all through uh, saliva DNA, so there was no blood test involved. So it was very extremely accurate and that you could see the levels dropping every few weeks. Um, But when I did that, it really shook up everyone around me because they didn't quite believe me, for one, that I had it (laughs) because I'm so healthy generally, you know, and leave this kind of lifestyle. And, you know, for one, it was like, well, what's the point of being healthy if this person who's healthy is going to be sick? And, you know, and she can still get cancer. So that kind of had some people lose hope and they didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't have faith and trust in that I could do it because it's not a normal scenario, you know, doing it all holistically. So I lost a lot of friends, family members, and it did put a really big wrench between my husband and I. That was the time right then when I started really, really walking my path and doing everything 100% holistically and I started growing, and he stayed where he was. And sometimes it can shift that, but it is it was definitely worth it looking back now. Right. Um, you know, I, so I stepped let's fast away from it a little to, bit. And it <laughs> let's fast forward to you've written your first book, and, you know, you've overcome the cancer aspect of things mm-hmm. and you've really, okay. So that time frame when you were, okay, I am on my path. I am walking my path. So you became a speaker at different events. You, things started rolling for you. Right. So mm-hmm. can we kind of yeah. jump to that part now and, and kind of look at, because your husband was very much also a leader, right? Yes. He's, we, we often would say he's so far ahead of us he thinks he's behind as far as spiritual goes, um, right. his, his wisdom and that kind of thing. So as a as a couple and as a family, what started happening, because to me, I believe your marriage was a casualty, a spiritual casualty. Um, yeah. And that is kind of where this whole topic came from was actually your marriage, <laughs> whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <laughs> But that was the start of this, and I think nobody talks about this stuff, you know, and it's not to focus on the doom and gloom. It's to say, okay, hey, guys, can we be aware of this so that it doesn't have to keep happening? So what occurred 
as you were progressing along that path. So, because I remember, you know, LA obviously was a big deal, but but kind of before that, you know, what was happening? Uh, I guess jealousy. One end, you know, instead of being happy, it's more of a jealous thing. So because and he wasn't walking his path, right? He became and jealous was of yours. Not to. Yep. And he knew because what to he do. clearly had a path. Yeah, he clearly had yep. a path as a and leader. He knew. <clears throat> yep. He knew exactly what to do, but he allowed other things to derail him. That didn't even have to do with him or I, you know. And outside influences, outside people. You know, and so were were substances sometimes an issue? Yes, big time. <laughs> so because yeah, a lot of times issue because that that brings in all the the spiritual garbage, you know, the things that resonate towards that vibration, and it just didn't gel with mine. <laughs> right. Even though I was there at one point, you know, not to the extent that he was or is or anything. You know, just for social or fun, but when it becomes a little bit more than that, even when it's just social or fun, it can still open the door if you're not careful. Right. So that can create a lot of casualties. Yeah, they don't call it spirits for a reason. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, So as you progressed on your path, his distraction away from his past became greater? Yes. Would you definitely. say? Yes. Greater and faster. And so you did identify this and you did try to talk about it, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I did, yeah. And it just became worse. <laughs> and so then as you like progressed, how did... How did you make the decision to progress along your path rather than hold yourself back for your spouse? I tried holding myself back, and that didn't work very well. It made me very ill all over again, and I was afraid I was going to get cancer all over again because I do eat healthy, and the main thing was, you know, being happy and stressed. And any kind of sickness or disease can come from (coughs) your emotions, Mm-hmm. And I was constantly not happy, and I was very sick, and I was like, I was just tired of not being healthy. Which, when you're not healthy, it means your spirituality is not healthy either. And it was time to make a shift. And I told him it was, you know, pretty much time for him to go if he didn't want to make any changes, and he didn't. So here I am in Colorado instead of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you feel about that decision? (laughs) I mean, clearly you sound happy. So, oh my my energy is just it's just a lot happier. I am healthier, even though I'm in complete and utter limbo. Like felt like I've been camping in this (laughs) new house of mine for the last two months. Because mm-hmm. I get moved here with all my things with no furniture because that was part of the agreement to leave it there. So not really anything to unpack. But like I said, everything's in a complete limbo. And normally I would be stressing and freaking out and 
because things aren't in order, and I'm just like, whatever. Everything yeah, there's is a rolling. Stability. Just, yeah, I don't have like a normal stability, like in, but I don't, but I do. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's an hard inner to explain, stability. Like, yeah, it's an inner stability that's just <clears throat> not giving a crap about the what I normally would in that kind of situation. So, so I can really grow on my path now and, you know, grow more than ever and help others and be more focused and healthier so I can be an advocate of nutrition and health. <laughs> right. And so what I'm really hearing you say is, I don't know if, I'm I'm sure you must realize this, but as you're telling your story, you could have been the casualty. Yeah. So we I do have a choice. Out. We don't, you know, it's we talk about this, but I really don't want it to come across as everything is doom and gloom. The bottom line is no, you were no. in a marriage where both people had that spiritual path, very, both of you are powerhouses, leadership, that kind of thing. And so you could have become the casualty that the cancer could have taken over. You could have put yourself on hold for him. You could have, there's a lot of different things that could have happened to take you off your path, making you a bit of a casualty because you're not moving forward. Right. Yeah. Instead you chose to just keep your own. I mean, I was there with you for that journey. We all sent a lot of healing and a lot of energy his way to, to let him find his way. And yeah. Yeah. And so it's not like it was just, Oh, you know, yeah, exactly. We still are. Yeah, because there's that unconditional love. Um, so it's not just saying, okay, I'm not going to be a casualty. You go be the casualty. It's not just leaving that person behind. It's finding that time when you have to say, you're choosing to be a casualty and I'm choosing not to be. And so yeah. I need to go this healthy direction. And so it's it's heartbreaking. We've all been heartbroken by watching this situation play out because we all 100% believed in him, you know, and still do, still do, still hope that he comes back onto his path, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to understand in this call that what we're talking about is you can choose to not become a casualty. So, and I want to, I want to bring Jen in to this now, if I could, and, and kind of because romantic relationships tend to be a place where this occurs a lot. And so I don't know if you're comfortable with it or not, but kind of sharing about your experience with that diversion, it's a very different situation. But what was your experience with that? Deciding, am I going to allow this to take me completely off my path? Or am I going to say, well, I'm going to choose a different direction or you know, can you share with us a little bit about um, about how this resonates for you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> before I knew that I was fully on a spiritual path, someone was pushed onto my path as, as you say, a diversion. And um, I thought they were genuinely the other half of my soul, which is something that I would fight for. I would fight I would go through hell and I did go through hell um, for the other half of my soul, if that was what this person was. And um, so I was led to believe um, in a very um, skilled way 
that this person was um, the other half of my soul. And so as I got onto my spiritual journey, which, um, you know, was the road trip, this fellow was being um, used against me. And so he was from a different uh, state and country. And so I didn't actually get to be near him. Um, but I kept in touch with him um, from time to time as I was going on my path. And I was trying to walk the path of um, me becoming whole because I know that a romantic relationship, and I, I should say I didn't even want a romantic relationship at the time. It was not on my agenda. I wasn't looking for it. Um, but suddenly there it was. Um, and I thought it was the one. Um, and so I was trying very carefully to continue walking my path um, and doing what I needed to do to become whole, to, lo- you know, to love myself, to not need anyone and do all the, you know, the romance related healing work that um, we're all told to do and then continue my own spiritual growth and training and learning of the lessons and things like that. And trying not to get too diverted to this person who was being basically tortured in some ways um, and really tearing my heart in levels that are beyond the physical human body. And so I was trying to stay focused and, and walk straight, but being pulled so strongly by what I thought was the other half of me. Um, and it was agonizing. And finally, um, I learned, you know, it, it, I try to learn in every situation. And so uh, I knew that I just had to detach because I couldn't save this person. I wasn't geographically near them. You know, when they said that they were in really bad situations, they did not want saving. No, but I'm a girl. And so (laughs) sometimes we think, think, you know, and you know, it's just hard. It's hard to see someone that you love going through pain. And, you know, this person said um, there's going to be a bullet in my head if I don't pay a, a very large amount of money by, you know, within the next four days. And I'm like, oh, what do I do with that? You know, right. And they're in, they, were in an, they were in an area of the world where that is a legitimate way to take care of business is put a bullet in someone's head. And so that was just, you know, all I could do was detach and that's what saved my life. And, and I kind of equated it to, um, and I would share it with this person. It's like, we're in uh rapids, you know, in the water and there's rapids and I'm struggling to get us to shore, you know, carrying them. And all they're doing is pulling me down further into the water. And at some point you have to just let go and save yourself or you're both going to drown. And that's what I had right. to keep doing over and over and over again is let him go. Um, because I so can't choosing save not him to be a casualty, choosing not to be a casualty deliberately time and time and time again, because I would have, I would be done. I wouldn't be here if I held right. on. Yeah. And it, you know, right. that was a, um, it was not a real <clears throat> romantic relationship. It was a, um, it was someone deliberately placed on my path um, by, unpleasant forces so (laughs) I was misled right thankfully I know that now right yeah Yeah, so we do have you know we have our inner stuff that can keep us off of our path and then anybody who who really walks a spiritual path should be aware of the fact that this is a world of duality so there's light and dark and and so we have to be aware of both sides of that 
so that we can choose what we want to align with and and walk with. Um, but sometimes when we're walking the spiritual path, it's just the nature of this planet for if light is walking down the path, then dark wants wants to be there as well. And so right. sometimes it's unseen forces that get in our way, and uh, all three of us deal with that on a daily basis for whether it's ourselves or other people that come to us and that kind of thing, um, even just helping on a global level. Um, so when we talk about spiritual casualties, a lot of times, whether the person knows it or not, you know, it, sometimes this stuff happens and a person never even knows they're on a spiritual path, you know, because they're just following their inner nature. But all three of us are very, very dedicated to our purpose here. And so that's why I wanted the two of you on with me because of the people I know, I think the two of you are the most educated on this just by by experience, real life education, you know. And so these these casualties that come up can be sparked from our inner issues or it can be sparked from darkness on the outside coming in to kind of derail things so that there isn't more light brought forward, that it's that darkness trying to overcome light, you know. And so, um, Spring, I don't know if you're okay with sharing this, but I hope you are because it's it's an interesting aspect and it completely fits with the topic. Um, there was a person who kind of became a third party in that marriage, <laughs> kind of placed there by the darkness. Um, and you had some very intense experiences with them that I would say were were very much the darkness coming in, trying to derail things. Do you want to share anything about that? Just to help people understand how it can play out. And, and nobody thought, everybody thought we were crazy when we said, hey, this is darkness coming in here can't you guys how do you not see it right and they kind of looked at us like we were crazy but can you tell us about the night a little bit about the night with the floating horse head <laughs> and then people going no please, that never happened please tell us. <laughs> that would be some alcohol involved not with me of course but <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, other people and this third party person and who was actually a very open vessel for darkness. Um but looked super pretty and that. innocent, right? Super pretty and innocent. Um yeah. A lot of but not fooled a lot it fooled a lot of people but not me. <laughs> right. Um yeah, like I said, you just never know how it can sneak in and how closely it can sneak in and to what extent, to what level. And it, you know it's bad when your non-believing husband calls Harry. <laughs> <laughs> because this, this person is speaking Arabic <laughs> in my house and has got her hands around my neck and has got a can of lighter fluid in the other getting ready to douse me in my house and with a and a uh, lighter. <laughs> and we should point out that this is 
blonde hair, blue eyed little white girl speaking Arabic. Right. Not As a Middle Arab. Easterner just in your house speaking their own language. Right. Right. Correct. So she was channeling something super dark that literally wanted to kill me that night and all of us. Um, Creating a up. casualty situation for sure, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there was, it started by her saying that she actually saw this floating horse head around the house and I could, I closed, you know, I don't see it like that, like she was seeing it because she was drunk, but I closed my eyes and tune in and I literally saw it and I'm like, holy crap, she could see it and then whatever it was must have jumped into her, through her, something. Um, actually, before that happened, she was stating that she wasn't who she was and she was a different girl named Victoria and um, she didn't know where she was. Uh, she was like some, you know, like late 1800s. She played the violin. She wasn't a singer, you know, like all this stuff. And my husband at the time thought that she was just, you know, being silly and, you know, playing. I'm like, uh, no, that's con- that's called a possession. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. I, I said, there's, there's some bad stuff going on. We need to, like, you know, wrap this party up <laughs> before things get worse. And he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you not see that happening right there in front of us? That's bad. You know, that your friend, our friend is stating that she's somebody else, and um, I can't explain it. Just, you know, this is not a healthy situation. We need to stop the alcohol. We need to ask everyone to leave and go home safely. And <laughs> right? this is not cool. Before. The party is done. Record taken right. off. <laughs> the record, you know. Um, and he didn't listen, and it got and it, the situation escalated, like I said, to the point where she was then turned into someone else, um, and she was not known to be schizophrenia, schizophrenic or anything like that. That was clear on double possession. People right. were jumping into having an open host of a body because she was so messed up and allowing things to jump in and take control to the point where he had to call you. <laughs> right. And so he tried to, she also tried to punch me and I, and I missed or, you know, I got out of the she way. She put a hole in you all, right? Not a, no, she broke her hand because it well, was outside right. my house into the, and she, she didn't put a hole in the wall, but she broke her hand because it was in the, the you know, the stucco. <laughs> right, right, right. Not the sidewalk, stucco, yeah, like brick. So. And so so this was a young girl, not child, but young adult, mm-hmm. who <clears throat> because because of whatever, life circumstances, didn't really get how serious this stuff could be. And I would consider part of that, she was sort of a spiritual casualty. That that soul yeah. is kind of on a very different path than it could have been. Um, yeah. And in turn, the because she allowed that stuff to work through her, what did that do to your marriage? So you've got you've got yourself and your husband, and then you've got this third party that he works with, 
that sort of really that was the spark for the casualty that was your marriage. Yep, it sure was. No one wants. And so, how did that feel? Too, (laughs) you could see it happening, but it seemingly nobody else could see it. Right. Yeah. It. I mean, basically, this the darkness came in, and and whatever the plan and agenda he had set was completely altered and changed into just a chain of events of bad stuff that. Um, there were things like car accidents and and injuries oh, and that kind of thing, right? Even oh, deaths horrible. of people. Yes, horrible. Like several deaths of people around her in that situation. Um, you know, every time he wouldn't listen, one of his cars would you know break down, get in a get in a wreck, get, somebody would hit it. One of them would break down. It was just like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, do you not see the chain of events and the pattern of this? Oh, those are just coincidences. I'm like, you are so blind. They never happened Every before, time. and they don't happen now unless that person is involved, right? Right. I mean, it would happen so many times. Like, even his phone would call me. He would swear he was not over there with him, but I could just feel the darkness coming in, even if mm-hmm. he wasn't there. And I'm just like, am I, okay, am I crazy? Like, do I feel, you know, I'm feeling it. Is it really here? And then all of a sudden his phone would ring and call me, and I could hear all the conversations. <laughs> and that's part of why I wanted to talk about this, because I think you and I both, and Jen too, I think, a lot of people on this path go through that, am I crazy? Am I nuts? Because everybody else in the situation is going, you're crazy, you're nuts, you're making that up, you're imagining things. Yeah. And we know lots of people that that happens to, and they kind of go back into their shell yeah, I did for rather while. than move <laughs> forward. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, I went into my shell for a little bit from that. Right. So the the casualty thing can happen on any and all sides. The I feel like the important thing is for us to – keep an eye on our energy and what's going on around us and maybe not focus so much on what other people think is reality versus what we think is reality. And what would you say, Jen? What do you think about this whole thing with the not becoming a casualty? Because you've actually done a really good job of not becoming a real casualty. I mean, we all three of us have, but (laughs) but you're the one kind of – it's newest to you, right? Because Spring and I have been doing this for so long, and and the casualty aspect of it and the potential to have been a casualty is kind of still new for you. Yeah, so, I wish we could all. What do you have to say resume. about this? <laughs> <laughs> I survived. Um, <laughs> right, I survived this. Um, and it, you know. It really is a, a an issue of survival and, and a test of strength and a feat and a, a true accomplishment because the things that you go through are so significant, so painful, so difficult, especially when you encounter people in your life who think you're crazy or don't understand or, you know, just look at you and say, I don't understand what's happening or, um, you know, that's really hard to face. That kind of makes the entire situation worse. It's like another level of, wow, this is 
this is not fun, you know, because I'm not only going through these painful things or being tested in these ways or being literally attacked by darkness, um, but the people around me are, are, are treating me poorly because of it. Um, and sometimes just not choosing to, or choosing not to understand it. I think one thing I'd like to say is that, uh, you know, when the people around us don't see it for what it really is, it sometimes is the darkness and the dark forces making sure they do not see clearly as a way of making us feel alone and stupid. And and that's another method that they use to, to take us off our path and turn us all into casualties. They, they, you know, they kind of dim the sight of everyone around us. Um, and I lost, I lost what it's I was It's happening to you say. now, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I think that a lot of times our own sight can either be intensified or dimmed uh, yes. by outside forces, and definitely the people around us can be affected. Um. And so how have you seen, Spring, I want to ask how you've seen the sight of others affected when it comes to this kind of thing. Hmm. So how they see you or how they see themselves or. Well, how would you. The one I was, you know, like I said, it was, it was kind of hard, you know, thinking that everyone telling you you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. And, you know, sometimes when you see and feel things, it's not an immediate thing. You know, it's like something that you can feel that can happen eight or ten years later. But you're still crazy because it's not happening within one year, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, That's true, yeah. You know, that's, you know, there's no time. You know, some people get time and are very good with that. Me, not so much. Sometimes I'll get it, sometimes I'm not. But, um, yeah, just the fact, the sheer fact of a lot of things you say don't exactly happen when or exactly how you say, because it's, you know, it's like playing charades out there sometimes. Sometimes it's very clear, and sometimes it's very clear in the way you think it is, and it's com- when you think about it later, you're like, oh, my gosh, that really did happen, but completely not how I thought it was. <laughs> And that tends to, you know, to make people think that you're not right. You're not great, you know, because it's not exactly to the way you're explaining it. So that one's kind of hurt a little bit too, but it's just the fact that, you know, some people do get that and some people don't. And a lot of times, again, it's the denial factor that people don't want to see what you're saying or trying yeah. to help with, or, you know, so and then, I, and then you have then you have the the kids that are now older, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, and are using thankfully their tools when they remember to. <laughs> and that's the bright side, <laughs> um, right? To them, like really, you know, they're using their tools, and because to be a teenager or a young adult in this day and age on your own is Extremely scary. Well, and we have a lot of them becoming casualties, too. 
<clears throat> yeah. You know? Well, they're, they're easy. They're very easy to be worked through, but it's nice that when we can get the younger ones, you know, whether they remember to use them, just like us. Sometimes we don't remember to use our own tools because right. we're being bombarded. And that's what we have friends and help for. Uh, that's what we have a tribe. <laughs> but, it's again, it's, it's an awesome bright side to see despite all the stuff that's happened that even, like, his daughter is using her tools every day. Right. And, yeah. you know, and doing pretty good with it. She, you know, she falters a little bit just like the rest of us. You know, everyone's human. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty dang proud of her. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I want to... So, so that's the... Bright, I kind of want to talk... Can we kind of talk about... Um, when we talk about spiritual casualties, you and I have worked with a family that had what I refer to as accidental suicide. Yeah. And that's become kind of a reoccurring theme that I see with clients, <clears throat> um, especially with youth. I'd say probably between the ages of 14 to 17 or so. Um, But we even know somebody older than that who kind of, he crossed over and was like, wait, what happened? You know? So to me, these are spiritual casualties too. And so you deal with a lot of that as well. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that at all? About how these kids that are these brilliant, beautiful lights that are like our future leaders or that will help to shift the consciousness and that kind of thing are ending up accidentally committing suicide? Yeah. They, um, and and there's so many close calls to the ones that aren't even, you know, like something at the last minute saving their, you know, saving their soul literally. Um, Yeah, just, People just do it a normal, just one little step of the dark coming in. And, you know, this one, it's usually right when someone's about on a really upswing, on a good upswing is usually when I see the pattern of it being hit. And almost like they're on the upswing and it takes, something steps them back to take them away and, like, just knock their self-esteem right back down. And, you know, I think it's wrong for, you know, these kids have been brought up differently because of our generation. You know, maybe we did spoil them a little bit, but sometimes maybe they, you know, maybe some of them do need to be a little bit more spoiled in different ways because they're not how we were and it's not how our parents were either. There are a lot more star kids coming in and they need to be treated a little bit differently. And when they're not and when they're still stuck in that cookie cutter little you know, family heritage stuff, that's when a lot of this is also happening. They're not allowed to be expanded to be themselves and to be free. Um, They kind of stuck to heritage or, you know, family ways. I do see that. I kind of came out with a large pattern. You You know, supportive families, but not supportive in the way they need it to be. Right. Sort of in the way they think it should be. 
and them not listening to them because they're only a young adult. That is a big so, thing. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times the, you know, another brand of casualties that we can see is youth that are not able to learn how to let their light shine because they're not understood by the people and the society that are helping to raise them. And so that's definitely a big part of what we do. I think all of us um, is working with the youth and the parents of the youth to understand that the kids that are coming through now are coming through at a higher vibration, a higher frequency to because they're coming into a world that should be evolving, that should be enlightening itself. And so they're coming in to be the future leaders of what we are meant to prepare for them. And so we can't really treat these kids like we treated the kids in the 60s, the 70s. Um, it started shifting, I'd say, like in the late, mid to late 80s probably. Um, mm-hmm. And it just they're higher and higher frequencies as we go through time. And so, for example, you have a little one who is definitely one of those high-vibration kids. She is not the normal kid by far. Mm-mm. So they have different food needs. They have different learning needs. They have – they come in knowing a lot. I mean, when I was there with you and she took away your phone because you were being sassy. <laughs> You know, and she was very adult about it. You know, are you going to yep. stop being sassy? Okay, you can have your phone back. She's three. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so and it's, 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 a, it's a whole different kind of kids. Say that, say that again? And I wasn't really even being sassy. It was just my tone. <laughs> right, yeah. But she picked up on it, right? No. <laughs> I know. Like so I said, it wasn't. You don't. You can't. You don't even have to speak it. Like you don't. Right. Even, they you can, can sense think. it. Yeah. You can think of. And I know. And not. And they're like, "Why are you crying?" <laughs> right. And a lot of times they know stuff before we do. And I know Jen, you have some friends who have kids that you're helping them to kind of understand. Um, some of the stuff that goes on and the differences. <clears throat> and I don't know to what degree, but is there anything that you want to share about that? Because what I see is if the parents and society don't understand these kids, they are we're going to have a whole generation of casualties in one yeah. way or another. And, you know, it, it's hard and heartbreaking to watch and, and have to be detached because we can't interfere, right? Um, we can only share information and hope that it clicks um, and clicks in time before um, the child is, uh, you know, shut down in, in their natural gifts and skills and kind of uh, turned into the sheep that our systems tend to make us into. Um, but really for the, for the adults, I've, it's like a, a paradigm shift needs to happen for these adults because I – and I've encountered it a number of times with people and, you know, they've had kids of different ages up into, you know, the early teens and they're still their fundamental viewpoint when looking at this little being is I'm the parent. That's my kid. They are this many years old. 
and therefore they should be like this and they must do their homework. No matter what right. the kid says, you know, the kid, but, you know, this, this soul in a young body, which is all it is, it's an it's a, uh, eternal soul of high consciousness in a body that's only a few years old or 10 years old or 12 or however old they are. And the, the parents and the authority figures are looking at this little one as if it's the traditional role where the parent gets to tell the kid what to do and the kid must listen and be grateful for it. And, you know, I, just because I told you so, because I'm your mother or I'm your father, you must listen to me. And, and really when we do that, we're not listening to this little person who's speaking to us and who's telling us what they really need. They really need us to not be on the phone. They really need us to stop feeding them sugar. Um, because their Mm -hmm. bodies are sore. Like they're so in tune with who they are and what they need and what they'd like to do. And unless we shift our paradigm to really notice and be okay with them being the teacher of us, then we're going to continue. There's that balance, you know. And so that's where I see people struggling is respect and spoiling are two totally different things. Completely different. Yeah, not even the same. So place. I see, but it's really just. I see Spring do a really good job with that. She doesn't spoil, but she respects. Yeah, because they yeah. know what they want. Yeah, and they know what they need. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. She needs an explanation why, for her to understand. She might not have to like it, but she needs an explanation on why we can't do something. You know. And if you don't, right, and it's not that bratty thing. She really just she needs to understand. She's gonna keep going until you explain it in the way that she's gonna get it, <laughs> and she'll not back down. Right, and punishment doesn't work. No, you know it's, it's not like the kids that we had before. No, it you, you know any little smack on the hand or anything I've even tried before, you know mm-hmm. it, she it, she'll just whack, she'll smack you right back. You know, yeah, they're <laughs> they're little people. They're not. Yeah. We have little people that we need to somehow allow them to have a childhood, but also respect them as the soul that they are in that body. It's a it's a very different time to be working with kids, and yeah. I feel like if we don't get a handle on it, then we're going to have a whole generation of casualties, but we're also going to end up as the casualties because these are the kids that are growing up to be the leaders of when we're older. And so it's and really imperative for us to get a handle on this. Yeah, I had to have one conversation with her this morning. She was flipping out because she didn't want to finish her yogurt. She wanted to go outside. I'm like, you can go outside. We just need to finish her yogurt first. And then she started with a tantrum. I'm like, we're going upstairs. I shifted the energy, the room, everything. I'm like, why is it you don't want to have your yogurt? And she wouldn't talk. I'm like, if you don't talk to me, I don't know. It's like, you want me to explain things to you? You need to explain to me. And she's like, because my tummy hurts right now, and I want to go outside. I'm like, okay. Well, maybe if you drink some water and stuff, it'll help your stomach, and the yogurt actually will help your tummy also, because that's what it's for. And... I said, you know, I understand that's what you want to do. I said, but sometimes, you know, we can just take a little break from it. But, you you know, if you don't tell me, you tell me, honey, then I have no idea. 
Right. I just know that you're acting cranky. And she's like, okay, I don't want to be sassy anymore. I'll go finish my yogurt. <laughs> I'm like, right. But, but if I didn't explain it to her, she would have kept going and getting, she was like throwing all the toys and just getting pissy and just, you know, you just have to stop and kind of talk to them and break the energy and say, hey, what's going on? And you can't yell at them because if you yell at them, it just makes it worse. You have, you know, was like, well, you know, you need authority. Well, not with these kids. You yell at right. them, they're it's just going to It's a very different okay. kind of authority. It's an earned respect. Yeah. You know, it's it's very different. They do, and she does see you as an authority figure. You know, yep. she's not a bratty child by any means. She's she's a person in a tiny body who can't communicate 100% and who's learning how this planet works. Yep. And that's really how yep. we need to see them. Um, and so where would you guys like to go next with this? We have about 20 minutes left, so we still have some time. What are we leaving out that we can talk about as far as spiritual casualties go just to kind of help people be aware that, hey, maybe maybe your life isn't cursed. <laughs> maybe you're just not on your path or maybe it just needs to be refined. Or um, It yeah, just feels like an important topic. Yeah, usually when things aren't working out, you know, if you're starting to get sick or things just aren't working out, take a look at what's going on. You know, Why are you going to continue to do the same thing over and over again without shifting something? You know, you got to figure out what you need to shift to avoid casualties, to avoid having a miserable life. And sometimes it's big and scary and living across country, you know? Right. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's a lot, especially with businesses and children and and all kinds of things being thrown at you. But, it's, again, like, I'm here. I made it here. And... I just pushed through every day and I made sure I stayed in contact and stayed grounded. And the days that I didn't, I stayed for it. And those are just wonderful reminders to stay focused and stay grounded. I think (laughs) another thing is to maybe look around us and see are we hanging out with people that are accustomed to being casualties of life? You know, are we spending time with people who tend to their path, walk their path, stay dedicated to their path, whatever it might be, you know? Um, Sometimes the path is being a stay-at-home mom or being a librarian, or it doesn't have to be some big altruistic thing. It's just our own path, and are we staying around people who constantly pop off it and get lost and wander and are in misery, you know, because then we're going to be in that same situation, right? And so, um, you know, I would say your work situation, Jen, that life change that you made, wouldn't you say that part of the reason you shifted was because to stay on your path was going to be I, maybe impossible? Yeah. Yeah. Um. To stay on my path and inside the government uh, would have been soul-crushing more than I'd already experienced the crushing of my soul. And because the people around me were being affected by the fact that I was 
a big light. And I didn't know it um, uh, at the time. Um, I just didn't understand why things weren't working well for me, but they were working for well for everyone else who wasn't necessarily um, performing at the same level. Um, but yeah, things were being made very difficult for me to stay. Um, I didn't get the promotion that I was supposed to get that I'd been acting in the position for a long time. And, uh, you know, um, it was supposed to be a simple thing. I got demoted basically back to where I had started at the start of my career. Um, so all of the forward movements that I had made and all the progress in my career that I'd made was completely undone. I was sent back to the start um, and basically said, you're going to have to work your way back up again, um, <laughs> which was insane. Um, and so I just couldn't stay there. And my soul was basically, you know, there was something inside of me that kind of knew a big turning point was going to come. Either I would be accepted into the government, you know, as, a, as the light that I was. Um, and it would be okay for me to be there, or I would have to, you know, depart it altogether. Um, and it had ended up that I had to depart it altogether in order to be who I came here to be, because my um, the box around me that they had put around me was shrinking all the time, and that was just killing me. And you know, it, I think it comes down to for for us and for the ones who are kind of unstoppable on their path of being who they came here to be, whatever that is, like you say it's an inner drive and that nothing external, no external situation, no amount of money, no nice home, no, you know, nice spouse or partner, nothing on the outside is, will satisfy us if our inner being is not happy because it's not being expressed. And so we do take those big risks and leaps of faith and moves across the country or resignations from, you know, a secure job um, or whatever it might be, we do it because it's worth it because we know that we're slowly dying where we are and nothing's worth that. And so it does become a matter of spiritual life or death. Yeah, yes. Thank you, that's it. And I you think feel all it of inside. That. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what Spring was saying, you know, when your body starts to get sick, that's your spirit slowly dying. Um, right. Or me, you know, or, or feeling it or dimming at the least, you know, and, you know, when, when you notice things um, like kind of what spring was touching on earlier, like the indicators in your life to help you know when you're not being your authentic self and who you came here to be. And one of them is the body gets sick or things don't work out or, you know, you're always in a car crash when you hang out with a certain person or things like that is that's an indicator of, right. You know, something's wrong. You need to course correct or adjust or just re-examine um, what you're doing. Well, and I want to uh, kind of go to a different place now and um, just briefly and kind of touch on um, – you know, we dedicated this show to Jose, our friend Jose, and uh, he is yeah. he is one of the casualties, right? Yeah. Um, and so what had occurred was Jose stepped into a place of leadership without necessarily, and the only reason I say this is because the last time that I spoke to him soon before he passed, we had this discussion, and I obviously won't give any personal facts away, but he realized that he had 
he had worked so much on the physical aspect. He was the cleanest living person I have ever known. Maybe even cleaner than Spring, and that's going some, because Spring is pretty much yep. the cleanest person I've known. But he was even yep. cleaner than that, you know. Yep. But he did avoid the inner work. He did avoid really looking at, okay, am I really walking my path? And so he would step on and off and on and off and on and off. Although he was 100% dedicated to his path, 100%, um, he would sometimes hold himself back probably from internal, like I'm not sure or, you know, just that. I mean, he was young, you know. And so <clears throat> um, when we spoke maybe a few days before he passed, um, he he said, you know, I, I've done all this physical stuff, but I haven't worked on the stuff that you work with, which is like the emotional, spiritual, that kind of thing, like, like Jen is talking about, that really finding his light, becoming confident with it, allowing it to run through his body without question, um, really getting on his path and being 100% about it in that confidence level, like, nope, this is, I am here, you know, and so now, Spring, when you had your encounter with those health issues, the first thing you did was fly out to Sedona, and you and I worked on those inner issues. And then, well, you had been working on the, the holistic dietary stuff um, before you even got that diagnosis. So that was already in progress. But you also addressed the inner stuff that was keeping you from really being on your path, really being fulfilled. And And he didn't do that until kind of too late. And so when Jose stepped into leadership and he was kind of going on to his path, right? But back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, right? And so he he became a casualty in the worst possible sense because I – while he was at, and if his family or loved ones ever happened to listen to the show, I want it made very clear that he was very much at peace with what was occurring because he understood that there really is no death and that kind of thing. It was not necessarily a part of his path or what he was actually choosing to have happen. And so it was that kind of looking the other way and not really facing all of the realities the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the all of it, only kind of looking at one side of things, <clears throat> you know, only looking at kind of ignoring the fact that maybe there are things that need to be worked on, and I'm just going to la, 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 put my fingers in my ears, and la, 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 la. Um, and so he became a casualty in this, and it's heartbreaking when you're on this path, and all of us have known people, we walk this path and we we lose loved ones, people who are on this path with us, fellow whatevers, lightworkers, warriors, whatever you want to call them, and we kind of watch them fall to the side one way or another, right? And so mm. how does that feel for you guys? Spring, how would you say that feels? Because you have one who crossed over accidentally, right, who now still mm -hmm. works with you from the other side. Mm -hmm. And so how is it to watch, you know, your husband, members of the family, friends, et cetera, just kind of drop off one way or another 
as you're moving forward, what is that like for you? Well, I was okay until you talked about Jose. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a hard one. So, that, that's a hard one. Yep. <clears throat> he was by um, far one of the most beautiful lights I have ever known in my life. Yep. So, yeah, that one kind of got me just a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh. Because everything she said was absolutely true. I've worked yeah, I've had the so opportunity. in honor of him. Yeah, it's I've had the opportunity to work with him several show. times. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. So probably a good thing you didn't tell me right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had the opportunity working with him a lot. And ho- hopefully again soon. Um, yeah. On the other side as I have other friends and family members. Mm-hmm. And I just lost an uncle, too, last week. And he has also already come to me and trying to... He thinks it's really cool. He started flinging things at me across the room. <laughs> Playfully, I'm, I'm like, assuming. Uh, yes, like little... <laughs> pegs and toothpicks and just little annoying things that he would do. I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) He's like, so he came in and he's still, you know, please can you tell your mother, my mother, um, certain things about his wife that she needs to know. Mm -hmm. So I already started, you know, trying to get his wishes fulfilled and across. You know, I I only could do what I can do, I can't push or do anything, but yeah, so that's already happened. My ex father in laws already you know, he's come through several times. Sedona can see him. She can pretty much see when who's in the house. Sometimes before that's, I can she can see them. I this is I can feel daughter. Them. She can we had said her name earlier. So Yeah. Sedona yeah, so, yeah. And she she'll say, Oh, Papa's here I'm like, Okay, thank you and then I'll you know see what he's here for or he's just here to visit or, you know, it's it's kind of, it is a awesome gift to still have. And I like to, a lot of these things that happen, these people come to me to uh, learn how to communicate themselves. Right. If they, right. If they so choose to not be afraid of it. <laughs> right. And... Jen, how about you? Yeah, because you see people fall away in in different ways as well. And so how is that as the one walking the path to have people by your side and then just kind of see them fall away? I mostly see them have the opportunity to go higher and then choose not to for whatever reason. And that's really hard to watch, especially when, and this has happened numerous times um, over the years, when when they've expressed a willingness to go higher um, and they're ready to make changes in their lives and they just need to take the leap 
or the step of faith and just take the action in the physical world, whatever it might be at the time, but the opportunity that was presented to just kind of shift the energy or break them free of a pattern that they've been locked into. And then they just don't and they back away from it and they stay and they, it almost like, it's almost like um, they, they grew but they didn't break free of the old level and it kind of snapped them back. So they're a little bit lower than where they were before they started um, working on it. And it's so hard to watch because it's hard to watch when you have clear sight and you know, all the forces that are pulling them back down and holding them down deliberately. And you can't really say, well, you know, you've got an entity on you and it's, you know, or you, or you're, there's programming or like you can't say that right because it's, you have to respect their free will and you can only do your part so I do my part and and it's just hard to watch because you know um the dark forces or the lower forces you know win a lot of the battles um with all these bright people and I work with a lot of healers and it happens to the healers and and there's kind of a ripple or like a domino effect in the whole community of humanity you know, if one person goes higher, then it allows another person to go, to step into the place that they vacated, which means that someone lower can step higher into the place that that other person just vacated. And like, there's this collective raising of humanity that was possible through one or two or three or however many bright souls and big souls who would have gone higher, and yet they just don't. And it's like, and the it's hard to watch. It's a little bit heartbreaking. It's a, this is me, you know, a little bit disappointing mm-hmm. because, you know, we could have been further along when people are dying. You know, we do have these people who are being accidental suicides or um, casualties like uh, Jose was, you know, and a lot of it was not necessary and didn't need to be. And we can't change that. So for me, it's, it's the, I see the greater picture of a single casualty you know i see all the lives that could have been affected by their progress right. they just taken this tiny leave that and spirit really sets people up really well and it's it's not even a significant change that they might need to make in their life it could just be you know i don't know take a weekend away from from whoever it is who's bringing you down and then just commit to being away from them for a weekend and then you'll move forward in your spiritual projects because there's an energetic boundary that will be crossed when you take that action. And so they get set up really well. And, and it's like, man, like, but you can't say, well, you just let down 5 billion people. Like, (laughs) you can't say that. You just kind of like hang your head and and try to fight another day. Um, So yeah, it's hard to watch. To to kind of uh, clarify what you're talking about, if if people look into Stephen Hawking's uh, Power versus Force, he talks about the different um, I don't I I'm going to say spiritual level, but I don't really know what he calls it um, of different people. And so, say one person who is fairly enlightened, right? their energy that they're holding, that space that they're holding, will counterbalance, say, 2,000 people that are at a lower level. So, and then somebody who's, you know, maybe a leader, a spiritual leader, and really staying, that holding that light and staying within the light very diligently and that kind of thing, 
they may affect 100,000 people. And so every time we lose one of those people, like the loss of Jose is devastating, devastating. Now, Jose didn't do anything wrong. Okay, I want to make that very clear. Jose did nothing wrong. It's not being aware of the entirety of the picture, and that's not somebody's fault. It's that nobody talks about this. I don't know about you guys, but I have never heard anybody talk about spiritual casualties. We see it in no. our in our line of life's work all the time, but I never hear anybody talk about it. And so, like, losing somebody like Jose, that may have affected 100,000 people. Right. You yeah. know, just losing that light. And so it it matters. It just so yeah. matters. And so we have just a minute and a half left. So I'm just going to say we wanted to talk about this, about how can it can it be walked peacefully without turmoil and I just real quickly want to say it can it's keeping in mind the big picture mind body spirit keeping that balance staying true your meditation and that kind of thing um, just really staying aware and all three of us you know nobody's perfect we fall but we get back up again and so I just I want to thank you guys for being here we just have a minute, like one minute left, so I want to thank both of you for being here. So, Spring, can you tell people where they can find information about you or your books, that kind of thing, your nutritional mm-hmm. line, all of that? Yep. My Actually, my new website is hopefully going to be launched tomorrow. They're working out all the kinks in the books um, today and tomorrow. It's at www.springrainrayne.com. And that's for my nutrition counseling, and um, you can find my herbal supplements there, my books. Um, I have a whole subscription-based, one-year subscription-based classes that are online videos that are coming out. That's getting ready to be launched, so you can find me there, springrain.com. Thank you. And Jen, your website? We only have like five seconds left. (laughs) Yeah, put the link here.com. With the light here dot com. Okay. Yep. Fabulous. All right. And you can find me at mysticaltruth.com. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. It's so appreciated and I hope everybody has a beautiful, beautiful night. And thank you ladies for being here. Thank, thank you for you having us. Blessings.